0: Here we are, all these people from different places and countries sweating our asses off at like, you know, 100 degree weather with just this love in our hearts to like give these people amazing food. She's screaming at him again and then he very calmly turns and he's like, she's going to give you a 10% discount. I was like, tell her, I said, thank you, that's so kind of her and I hand her my credit card she like in perfect English is like, why are you buying 800 sticky oh, buns? No. Like, why <laughs> is this smart? But it's those moments in time that make me want to keep doing what I'm doing. Like you have to be the ultimate Girl Scout. How are you gonna save the world? You have a stick of gum, you know, a paper clip,
1: and garbage bags. Right? Yeah, and, and garbage, garbage bags. bags. Tons of, Lots of tons garbage. Tons of
0: garbage bags. bags. But I always say, keep working hard and stay humble.
2: Welcome back to Edible Economy. I'm Nate. I'm Kim. And we thank you for tuning in today. We know there are lots of awesome podcasts out there. And we really appreciate you spending your time to listen with us. Please click the subscribe button and rate us. It helps us in so many, many, many ways. All right. With that that out of the way, we would like to welcome back Michelle Garcia. Hi, Michelle. Hi we uh we had one go around with michelle but it just didn't quite work out so we're back and uh not
0: of my fault
2: (laughs) it's gonna be better than ever today
1: (laughs) yes not michelle's fault
2: so michelle tell us uh tell us the name of your company and what you do who are you who are you? That's
0: a complex question. <laughs> let's keep it simple. Right?
2: <laughs> we can just scratch the surface. Um, okay, let's do that. And then we'll dive deep.
0: Okay. Uh, I am the owner of Heirloom Catering, so clearly with the last word there, catering. So we are a small boutique catering company located in Curtis Park in Denver, and we try our best to source local goods from other small purveyors. Um We're lucky that we live in a city and a state that provides that, but it also can be very complicated as well.
2: Yeah. It can be super challenging to find good stuff, can't it?
0: And in the time that you need it and And all that
2: season it is. Yeah. Everybody wants local winter fare, right? (laughs) (laughs) Some good greenhouses out there.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, Jeff Olson is opening his aeroponic greenhouse two blocks from our uh, kitchen. So I'm really looking forward to that.
2: Nice. Yeah. Nice. You're, you're already working with them to bring some of their stuff in?
0: Uh, communicating, not quite working yet. I mean, they've okay. been through construction, and, you know, that is a complicated monster all on its own. So just like patiently waiting for the green to show through the greenhouse and then i'll blow jeff up okay so
2: so there there are so many entry points into the local food world i I mean whether you're a food producer somebody who works for food producers or a consumer um and catering is an interesting one that i don't think people quite understand what all it is that you guys do but before we get into that why, how, of catering? How did you become a caterer? And why? Why do you love this job that you
0: have now? Because <laughs> clearly I like, you know, physical harm. <laughs> um, Is that from the burns know.
2: on the stove or?
0: Just I'm on the heart. I don't know, the whole thing. <laughs> Catering's not for the weak, that's for sure. So... Years ago I worked at Cook Street Culinary School and you know wanted to be a chef, very passionate about food. Sort of my whole life was surrounded with it. And then I decided it would be a more adult decision to go to school for nutrition and just hated it. Like found myself googling like what do you do when you hate your life? Like at midnight, you know, drinking whiskey. It was real awesome. So, um, was that helpful by the way?
3: No, the no, search. really,
0: I don't think so.
2: Um, <laughs> but was the answer to become a caterer? Is that like one of the top five Google responses?
0: I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think so. <laughs> follow um, your passion, follow your yeah, passion. Yeah, probably that was something, but you know, just studying nutrition, working at the hospital, like, you know, my philosophy should not be eating food that is beige. And that's, like, a lot of what that's hospital food interesting. is. interesting. I've never yeah. heard that food rule. Yeah. It's I did. not nutritious. Yeah. I'm like, don't eat things that are soupy looking and beige. Like, just beer away from it. So, wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. We're not moving on from that
2: yet. So, what are some beige foods?
0: <laughs> you don't want to know those foods. They They're... just make broccoli
1: beige and uh, everything beige. So, right? when you, like, no, stir things a lot, it's, it's they more become like
0: beige. medical food. You know? Oh. If if you're on a feeding tube, you know what I mean. Like, oh, God. and yeah, it wasn't. My point of is all of this beige is there a
2: aisle at the grocery store? <laughs> what?
0: Probably, yeah. Probably in that middle section you're not supposed to shop. In. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. So yeah. Long story short, just absolutely hated it. And then my wife and I went through this like string of family tragedy and it just became like really eye opening, like how precious life really is, you know, and like I am a firm believer that we live in a world of possibility and everything is possible as long as you really like put your intent inside of it. And so while I was in school, my friends kept giving everybody my phone number. Like, hey, my friend Michelle can cater for you. She's like this great cook, da, da, da. And so it kind of had this, like, underground side money catering business <laughs> that was, like, illegal. Black issue. ops
2: catering. It kind of was, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I drove, like, a convertible cabrio that it catered out of. I'm sure when I pulled Sweet. up, people were probably like, what the Where fuck? keep <laughs> the away? Family. Yeah. Mm. Thankfully, the food was good. So maybe, like, all the other part that wasn't quite as professional was just forgiven. Um. Anyhow, so... I had to go to my wife, who's an educator, and just say, I'm quitting college. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'll suck <laughs> up the student loans I have now. I'm moving on. So then the, um, the fall of 2013, I took this business development course through the Rocky Mountain Microfinance Institute. Graduated from that course, I think it was like the beginning part of December, and then launched my business January of
2: 2014. Okay. So. And that's a really cool program. You've it- Explain a little bit about that. Just just a side note, because I think that's awesome.
0: It is really awesome. It's it's um so it's not the Rocky Mountain Microfinance Institute is a nonprofit, and I think it's about three times a year they have this twelve week course, and it's lovingly called boot camp because it's (laughs) grueling. Unfortunately, while you're going through it, you have to look at yourself quite a bit. Okay, uh, which is always fun, but um. through that course you get like a team of mentors so you get a finance finance mentor business mentor and then there's an accountability coach for the whole team and so they you know they view business as four legs of a table so marketing finance operations and management and you kind of go through these you know workshops and processes to sort of figure out like when I started I didn't know that my company would be called heirloom catering right that came out of you know, masterminding and talking through belief systems and all that kind of good stuff. And so there's like a real technical part. And, you know, when you start your own business, you also have to really, like, I promised my wife I would never miss paying bills and I haven't. Sweet. So, yeah. I mean, other than maybe that's a like, challenge
2: for a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm,
0: it is. Yeah. And I've was just talking to this about this with my sister in law. I was like, I've never bounced a check for my business i've never paid a bill late like not to say that it hasn't been grueling and difficult but anyway that's a whole other topic the rocky mountain microfinance institute is pretty incredible so if you are a person that is as they would say business curious and you want to get business serious check them out um but beyond (laughs) their program it's this incredible group of people that you know have Many different backgrounds that are these mentors. They volunteer and then they become your family over time. You know, you celebrate with them and you share holidays and birthdays. Yeah. You've definitely
2: told us about some lasting relationships that have come from that. Incredible
0: relationships.
2: And lots of additional opportunity as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of connections have been made. Um, You know, for instance, we just did. The, we were invited to do the Sushi Den event, uh, which is a fundraiser. And that was through one of my connections through the Rocky Mountain Microfinance And that's Institute. a big
2: deal. It
0: is. It, I mean, it's Sushi Den. It's like one of the best sushi restaurants in the country. Okay. Um, and, you know, it was... So a little, what
2: was that? I know we're jumping all over the place, but what was What
0: that? was the fundraiser? Well, yeah. So um, I think it was about three years ago um, when... Japan, was it an earthquake, I believe, and um, so the hometown that the two brothers that own Sushi Den are from, and where their brother ships their fish from, their other brother, uh, suffered a natural disaster, and so they obviously were like, we have to throw a fundraiser to help get our community back home back up. So. They did that the first year, and now every year since they do the same fundraiser, but they choose a different nonprofit or a different, you know, group that's in need. So this year the uh, nonprofit was We Don't Waste. So We Don't Waste goes to, you know, like Pepsi Center, all kinds of different places where they have excess amount of food. They pick that up, and they feed, you know, homeless or families that need that help. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah. and it's also great because then all that food's not going into the – landfills and creating pollution and uh, so their impact is pretty great on the environment as well so it was it was great to be involved and in the theme this year was street food and they had 15 chefs from Japan there and really they flew yeah like, 15 all these people it's it so awesome. awesome yeah and it was incredible because and I don't want to make this political but just like the climate of the world right now seems a little scary and then, you know, here we are, all these people from different places and countries producing food, but we're all on the same like rooftop of a parking garage, sweating our asses off at like, you know, hundred-degree weather with just this love in our hearts to like give these people amazing food. And then after it was all over, we partied together. And, you know, there's people from Jerusalem at this party, people from Japan. Everybody was, like, obviously I don't speak Japanese. I wish I did. It would probably be a lot more fun. But um, (laughs) it was really cool because, you know, we all tried our best just to communicate. And then I noticed there was a theme. Like, several people would just say, but we're all just humans. You know, no matter what they were talking about. Like, at the end, they would just say, we're all just humans. Like, we all have, like, the same needs and desires, right? Yeah. And so it was really wonderful to, like, be in that environment and, like, love... And share like that experience with these folks like it was yeah. so awesome one of the Sounds things great. that
2: we talk about all the time and, and it, it's one of our drivers is that it doesn't matter if you're on the right or the left or the center or way off in any any direction food really brings it brings everybody together and Absolutely, it's, it's one of the things that we really love about all of the different local food endeavors that we do is that it crosses every single boundary. We, we've talked about having debates or having something where, you know, both parties can come together out at the farm for some event to say, Hey, look, you know, when you eat, you don't have to hate each other. Just, just <laughs> Put it on pause for an hour or two. You know well, it's mean? interesting.
0: <laughs> Anthony Bourdain was quoted to say, you learn a lot about a person by sharing a meal with them. And that's really true. And I, you know, and that's for time
2: immemorial. I mean, that's yeah. that's what people do.
0: Well, and we can't live, literally cannot live without eating, you know? And yeah. so it doesn't matter who you are. We all have that one common denominator.
2: Yeah. It, it's so neat. Yeah. So yes. what did you do at the event?
0: We did... Um,
2: when you say we, you mean heirloom catering. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so, and... Anidra Nichols, who was the former executive chef of Elway's, Open Fish and Beer, da da da, friend of mine. She joined us to help. It was really—I want to give her a little shout out. So she was on out. your team, for yeah? She was. That's cool. Yeah, it was Aww. really great. We've been collaborating a little bit more recently, but um, so we uh, the theme was street food, and so we did um, steam buns with Mexican chocolate braised pulled pork, and then we. a beautiful like citrus slaw and then just simply garnished it with like sesame seeds and some chopped green onions it was so good it was really good so So, (laughs) this is a good segue into you asking that question like do caterers like make everything from scratch and you know and so we had to do 800 sticky buns so how can you do everything from scratch Well, you can't. And and the thing about it is, is you have to, like, I also, like, I'm a person that, like, resources the people who are, like, the experts at something, right? So we're not the experts of making sticky buns. So I found this Vietnamese bakery, and we purchased 800 sticky buns from them. And it was such also a fun cultural experience. Like, called them. The woman was like, just come in you know, because over the phone, we were like not communicating very well. So I go in and I say to her, I'm the person who called about the 800 sticky buns. (laughs) And she's like asking me questions. And I'm like, horrifically, like apologizing, because I'm like, not understanding like English was definitely not her first language. And, you know, and here I am in the opposite, like I'm you know, the person in her storefront, I feel bad that I'm not able to meet her with her own language, right? So I'm 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 like, I'm really sorry. I can you just like slow down, like and like speak a little slower. And so this guy comes in and I think he was like some sort of sales guy and she starts screaming at this dude in Vietnamese. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa, like what's going on? And he turns to me like very calmly and he's like so you really want to order 800 sticky buns? Like these one ounce ones. And I'm like, yes. And then he you know, turns and responds to her and then she's screaming at him again. And then he very calmly turns and he's like, she's going to give you a 10% discount. I was like, tell her I said, thank you. That's so kind of her. And then he like responds and then she like screaming at him again and he turns very calmly again and he's like, you want to pick these up next Monday, the 25th?
3: Like, what time?
0: <laughs> so, I like respond back to him. So, after we like get everything like coordinated and I hand her my credit card, she like in perfect English is like, Why are you buying 800 sticky oh, buns? No. Like, what is this for? And so, I like gave her my business card and I was like, We're doing this event with sushi done. And it was just, so, it was so much fun. You know, it's like, Catering's not romantic. It's actually like backbreaking work, but it's those moments in time that make me want to keep doing what I'm doing. It's you know, awesome. it's because it's like I'm not going to live a cubicle life where it's 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. Like I get to share these cultural experiences and feel humbled in those moments of like thank you you Dear kind man who
3: came <laughs> yeah. in to translate, you know.
0: But it was, and they were one, like, amazing buns. And it's like, it just helped our product so much. So, so there's the answer to no. You're not going to produce everything yourself on yeah, mass right. quantity. But right. it's
1: cool that you bought it from someone else that handmade it. You didn't just go buy Frozen from no. some giant place. And yeah. so it's still, like... Well, they were supporting local businesses, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we picked it up, I I think the total bill is like two hundred and some odd dollars. And when we picked it up, they were so kind, and they were like, "Thank you, please come again and order from us." And I was like, "Absolutely! Like, I would love to." I'll just tell you, their name is Celestial Bakery, and they're on Alameda and Federal, right in that like complex that's you know very in Denver yeah okay it's on the uh southwest side of alameda and federal so if you are having a party and you need sticky buns or like vietnamese sweet treats like go there there you probably will get yelled at but you and the conversation's it. awesome <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah just
1: hope for someone to walk in translate
3: yeah yeah, yeah. It was fun. It
2: was- you just hit on another another topic that, that we like to talk about a lot on the show and that's the the ethos of of buy local, shop local, do everything you can as much as possible local. And I know that it's 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 one of the one of your driving factors in yeah. how you do business, right?
0: Yeah. And, and
1: also your one of your mottos is inclusivity which I think is awesome and you should mm-hmm. talk about that more as well
0: yeah yeah. so as I mentioned before about my hatred of the my schooling um, you know studying nutrition and um, one of the things that we really try to do is be inclusive and what inclusivity means to us is that we create menus from the lens of the vegan, the dairy free and the gluten free um, but we also you know love our friends that love bacon. So when we build menus, they're built from that lens in the sense that everyone gets to eat. And somebody who's a vegan's not like, thanks for the green beans. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so well there's it, leafy
2: greens too. True, <laughs> true. Salad and beans. But
0: you know, we we really try to push, you know, vegetables first. Like we're a veg, vegetable forward company. But, you know, that's not to say we don't make probably the best meatball in town, you know. So it's nice. all about that balance. Um, and, yeah, we try our best to source locally. I think we're going to get better at it in the next six months because I'm collaborating with somebody that I think can really, like, push the business in that manner.
2: And that's not easy.
3: No. It's, it's just incredible. Not easy.
0: It's, well, I mean, we live, technically, we live in a four-season state. Colorado's becoming much more creative in the way we grow things. You know, we've seen more greenhouses and aeroponics and more food produced in that manner. Um, but yeah, like come January when somebody calls you and they're like, we want a farm-to-table event. You're like, okay, well, you should fly to <laughs> Napa or Southern California because like right now this is not our jam. And as, as far as like buying local I truly believe and I want I I'm going to stick with this is the reason why Colorado one of the reasons we've had a great success in weathering some of the recessions is because we have a strong entrepreneurial spirit. Most people that you meet are thrilled to tell you about like the new cafe that opened and it's not a Starbucks right. or yeah the farmers market where somebody makes, you know, kimchi Or, you know, in fall, all of us drive down federal and we buy roasted chilies, you know? Yeah. As simple as that. And, you know, you guys might see it at the farmer's markets. Like, people are driven for those fun, you know, the bee farmer or whatever. And it's exciting.
2: The will is there, for sure. I mean, the Mm -hmm. the will of people... The want to buy local in Colorado
1: is amazing. Yeah, the mm-hmm. awareness of mm-hmm. what it's doing. Yeah. It's- well, you know,
0: the, I mean, buying local helps us. You know, when you go to Walmart, you're giving money to the Walton family who needs no damn money. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when you go to the farmer's market, you're literally helping you know that bee farmer whoever put braces on their kids teeth or right. pay for their music lessons for the year or build a new fence in which I just did for my house yeah god help us all Cedar's very expensive right now but um <laughs> so the those are the things I think of right like when I'm writing or not writing a check I paid by credit card, but going to that Vietnamese bakery, it's like, those are the things I think of. Like, how does that impact that family? Right. How, you know, does.
2: And you have a much stronger impact. I can't yeah. remember the the factor, but it's, it's, it's something like there's the, the money's recycled three times through a local economy Yeah. as opposed to if you go to a big box, then it just leaves the community yeah. and you get a third of it one time.
0: Well, it's in, so for instance, uh, we just did a huge graduation party in May and my client owns a security company in Denver. So she paid us and then I paid a local fencing company. That's literally, I was talking to the oh, husband and yeah. wife. There, there's so, twice. So, you know, yeah. there's a trickle down effect there and it just, it keeps the money back in our own economy and it's not filtered to some other place. Right. So... Buy local, folks. Do it. Yeah. Just do it. Seek it out.
2: Yeah. And most locales, most most of the local cities, they profess to love local and local economy. But they want Walmart and all those big... Because they get their sales tax dollars like out economic, yeah,
1: economic development. Yeah,
2: economic development. Generally wants the sales tax dollars. And there, then they can talk about the other stuff.
0: You know, there is... That is... Yeah. One thing I've learned, and I've learned this via being so engrossed in the Rocky Mountain Microfinance Institute like community, is that Xcel Energy gives a ton of money back to small local businesses. There's a lot of corporations that do. They that have a do, community. They do, they do. A whole de- yeah
2: like department. For they that. do. Yeah. Kenny
0: Martin is the person who leads that, and they do like partner with United Way and do fundraising for them and then the Rocky Mountain Microfinance Institute I think it was last year was one of you know the small organizations that benefited from that so As much as we can sit here and, like, crap on corporations, it's actually super easy to do. It is. Well, and... (laughs) They make
2: themselves easy targets. Well, I
0: think our government helps them with that, but that's here nor there. So there is that balance, right? It's sort of like... We have to find those, sometimes we have to find those partners that are those large corporations. Yeah. You know, and well, they stuff. Well, there's sponsor good corporate stuff. citizens
2: and bad corporate citizens. There I is, I mean, there's right, good actors right. and bad actors. There is.
0: Level. Yeah. I mean, I, but I also think like also in Denver, I think we're lucky that there are corporations that see the benefit in fostering small business, well, I which think is
2: that nice. It, 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 the mindset that you were talking about a little while ago permeates throughout Denver. Yeah. Um, Kim's father moved out to Denver, I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that, eight, 10 years ago, something like that.
1: Four. F- four. I know it feels like eight to 10, but
0: it's four. <laughs> 25 well, years ago. And then they moved
2: back and then they came back. So it's it's been going on for more than like four years, right? No? Okay. Ugh. Thank
1: goodness he's building us a chicken coop right yeah, now. I was but anyway.
2: <laughs> One of the comments that he always says: He's driving down the road, and it'll be three o'clock on a Tuesday, and he's like, "Nobody works here. Nobody <laughs> works here. Like nobody." And because he's from Chicago, and he's used to everybody oh, getting, getting on, the train, on the
1: train in the morning, going
2: down to the city, going into the cubicles and working, and then getting back on the train and then coming back out. And there are so many independent business people here. I mean, you know, there's there's four of us sitting around this table, Kate's with us, and everybody here essentially works for themselves and contracts with others. Everybody at this table, at least, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that, I mean, maybe it's just because we're so in it, but I, I mean, I know so I many mean, that's people that's sort that...
0: of like an unfair statement because like, at this given moment, I have read Adidas sneakers on, jeans, and like a v-neck <laughs> white t-shirt. And like a bit, I look like a degenerate, really. And <laughs> the, wait, wait well, the, the, yeah, the, go down this route. Right.
3: Yeah,
0: and like, oftentimes my work bag is literally like a chrome bicycle bag or whatever. But you know, it it can be perceived that I'm not working. But I'm like, oh, right, right, right. right. As as I'm like walking down the sidewalk, they're like what this degenerate's not working it's like yeah no actually like i've probably worked for like 36 days straight since 4a yeah on the phone right now
3: doing something making a deal i'm
0: multi it's just just
1: that we're all driving around all the time right there's always like traffic and it's not like you know
0: only traffic at 8 a.m but i think we get to choose how we show up right like I mean don't get me wrong when i have meetings like with clifford steel i don't show up dressed like this yeah. like it you know, is funny friends, that so I'm like, the
2: masks and costumes that we put on as, yeah as we small we play, business owners you know yeah, yeah. we play roles. Yeah.
0: right we were just i was just talking about this with my um <laughs> sister-in-law about my nephew and how he's like showing up to his dad's job sites like with no belt and his pants are falling down and his dad's like yelling at him, like go home, don't come back to the job site until you look like a decent human being. And I was like saying to her, I was like, yeah, that's like a lesson you have to learn. Like you can't roll up to like XL Energy or the Clifford Steel, I can't dress like this. Like I have like dress clothes, but like if I don't have to look like that, I'm not going to. right." But, but it's you're like
1: still working all the time. Yeah,
0: I'm still working.
2: We had a we had a day last fall where in the morning time we were in the mud working, doing doing who knows what we were doing. I know we were outside working probably failing weeding
1: at doing, growing drip-tating. corn. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and and so that was the morning. So you had you know the farmer costume that we had on, and then we had the fall festival began so then we had to put on you know the welcome to our farm this is welcome you know mm-hmm. and feel great about being here and then i had to leave to go to a pitch contest so i was wearing not quite a suit but something like it and then went and did that for an hour and a half we won by the way and then
3: That's awesome. drove <laughs>
2: back here and had to put back on i don't know the I, I think we put back on the we're here welcome to the farm and that only lasted for a little while because we had a giant windstorm so then we had to go back and change into yet another mask because you have all of the it, it's an, it's amazing yes. all of the different things you have to do as a small business owner but it is yeah. also amazing in denver that it's okay it's okay to do Well, and I think there's, that. like, an... Under- you don't have to wear a suit
0: here. Yeah, there's, like, I think there's, like, a greater understanding of... Maybe we have casual garb on or whatever, but that, that doesn't... I think because there's so many entrepreneurs, like, there is kind of a more of an understanding of what that lifestyle looks like, and it's, it's not easy, right? So... Yeah. I mean, I... I remember, you know, years ago, I would be like, oh, judging myself for the way I would show up to something. But nobody knows that maybe you were like up at 5 a.m., had a lunch event, like literally took like a whore bath in the bathroom at your kitchen, put like a suit on, and ran to like a business meeting and arrived 10 minutes late, you know. So, but now I... Looking great. great, Great. Looking flat. Feeling good. Yeah. That lavender oil, it works. Um, so, but but now I'm like less judgy of others, I think. Right. Because I have just a different understanding of all the hats that we wear. You know, I had to like explain this to some of my staff the other day. It's like, we own a catering company, I own a catering company, and literally 5 to 10% of what it takes for this company to operate is cooking. Yeah. Yes yeah five to ten percent it's crazy when people are like oh my god you own a catering company i'm like it's not romantic no. do you just get to sit and wear the big tall hat i day? just like sit in like an herb garden all day and i'm just <laughs> like oh. Plotting so next- meditating about
1: your next menu right do
2: you have the big chef hat no what god, are those no. called I don't know. Don't big, know. Chef
0: hat, so. <laughs> big chef hat. Big chef hat. Chef yeah. hat. It's a big chef hat aisle. I don't know. No one wears store. those. No. 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 Well, I want to. So
1: now I want to talk more about actually cooking. Like, what? About what catering? are you Yeah, about catering. You want to talk about catering? I do. Yeah. Okay. Before we're out of time <laughs> and out of you know words right so. <laughs>
2: that happens to me yeah. yeah i can talk a lot and then it, <laughs> the wall comes in
3: <laughs> so
1: what's your favorite thing to cook or the favorite your your favorite thing that you've prepared recently are you gonna say meatballs because your meatballs do
0: look amazing your homemade no. like ruled i beautiful do beautiful like, meatballs yeah my sous chef did tell me once that he, I'm the only person that he's ever met that cares about meatballs as much <laughs> as I <knew> <laughs> Um,
1: What is my favorite thing? Even if it's just right now, in the moment,
0: currently.
2: What are you hungry for right
0: now? <laughs> right? Well, I, I mean, it's, I was just having this conversation with another chef friend last night. And... Um, I'm, like, just a really big fan of, like, five-ingredient stuff, like, where it's, like, really simple. You just get these great products and, like, you know, for instance, I've been making, like, an arugula salad with watermelon and blueberries and feta cheese and then marcana almonds that are, like, have lemon zest and smoked paprika on them and just, with like, a drizzle of, um, balsamic reduction it sounds so basic but it's like so refreshing amazing i just amazing yeah yeah i mean i you know i just love what we all love where it's like you go out to a field you found find this like amazing basil and then like these beautiful tomatoes and you put it together it's like it's so much more simple i think than people want it to be it's like just buy great products.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the it's thing. So you can't
0: true.
1: source great tomatoes from the grocery store. No. It oh, maybe like it's for impossible. 2 weeks out of the year, but yeah. you have yeah. to find Or you find, just get lucky. Yeah. You have to grow your own or have a Yeah, a I have like nine tomato to plants you. that are like yes. doing
0: really good and I nice. just every morning I'm like, "Yes, finally. <laughs> a good tomato." <laughs> People, I don't think the average human knows about a good tomato. I
2: know. I don't. I really don't. I don't know that you really can understand the difference unless you go to lots of different markets. And actually, you have to put in a little bit of work to figure it out. Yeah. But as soon as you grow a tomato plant, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: you
2: you always know yeah nothing you you can't have bad they're stuff like
0: anymore. robust and they're beefy and yeah. just the color and they taste is like mush and they actually yeah, have far dry they're not, they're not like, yeah yeah. 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 Oh. yeah and
2: it doesn't matter if you're in the grocery store and you see ooh, it's vine ripened organic <laughs> still
0: it's, not it's nice. the still same. just there's
2: nothing in it it doesn't yeah. have flavor no. Yeah. Just growing... Yeah. So that, that's a...
0: Well, you know how commercial tomatoes are chosen, right? Like the, For
2: size and color and... and durability and,
0: and... Like, it's not about how they taste. It's not it's about, about uniqueness either.
1: It's about, no. like, them all looking the same yeah. instead exactly.
0: of... Exactly. Or, like, how do they live up to transportation, right? Right. right. It's not... A, it's not... The seeds are not chosen because they're like, oh, this one, you know, purple, crimson heirloom tomato is the best, it's like, well that may not hold up as well in transportation as it's not a golf ball. Well. I right. don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. it won't it won't sustain ball. being dropped three times. Exactly. <laughs> <Well,
0: laughs> it Maybe twenty three. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess I mean last year we did an event with the Botanical Gardens at Chatville, Josie's the nice. farm that yep. Josie manages our, our beloved Josie that yes. we all love she's, she's a rock great. star yeah Josie
2: works with Botanic Gardens and their is a farm. mutual mutual acquaintance colleague and everybody, everybody that here. like I'm just knows, saying that because everybody yeah. that's listening is like great she's, Josie who's yeah, Josie she's given us yeah.
1: so many connections for the farm
0: here too she's great yeah I mean Josie's a
2: She does a lot. Yeah, she does. Well,
0: and she does a lot with local goods as well because she runs the CSA, and their CSA is just not like fruit and veg. It's like you get baked bread and like like, oh, that's cool, like tons of different things. And she is the person who picks the purveyors and she gives them a lump sum chuck at the beginning of the season, and she's like, "Go at it, buy whatever you need to be successful." Oh, nice. She's incredible. Sell her our eggs. Yeah, you should. She's she incredible. Yeah. So we did this event with them last year, and and Josie was like, well, what do you need? I'm like, just tell me what you have available. It was uh, an event to honor their higher members of the CSA that really support the program. So I'm like, okay, there's this many guests, I need this much veg. I, like, drove out to the farm. They gave me enough vegetables for, like, 1,000 people. <laughs> However, like I'm not kidding, I had probably like a 5 gallon bag of basil. Like, but it was like the most beautiful <laughs> basil I've ever seen oh, in my awesome. life. And everything, it was just so much fun to just like start like unwrapping boxes and get to work and making food for this event, and we did it totally vegan, which isn't something we do often, and it was a little bit challenging, but it ended up being amazing. And it was just so much fun because it was like a playground. It was like, oh, my God, look at this tomato. (laughs) Look at this basil. Look at this eggplant. Like whatever it was. And so that's what's really fun. It was social
2: media ready produce for you. Yeah,
0: I don't even know if I took pictures of it. I think I was like so engrossed in the process. But that is truly my favorite thing, right? It's like when you really get the product – It makes your job so easy, and you just look so amazing, and you're just like, yeah, I bought some walnuts and parmesan and olive oil and some garlic and got this beautiful basil and just hung out at my RoboCoop all day pressing buttons listening to music. You know, it's like, it's not complicated stuff. Like, it's just getting the right things. You say it's not
2: complicated because you do it all the time, but think about how many people are listening right now, who don't have any time to cook at all
3: ever?
1: I love to cook, and I love to have people over. But the yeah. thought of cooking for a lot of people right. like stops me like, from the, doing that. Like, like I more get than
0: five people,
1: overwhelmed. Yeah, that everyone's gonna like it. And
0: well, I have the opposite problem now. Like I can't <laughs> cook for less than like a hundred people, <laughs> even if I'm like. But I thought this was just going to be for 10 people and a little bit of leftovers. I'm like, well, guys, get a Ziploc. Bag. Take this crap off. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I don't throw parties at my house anymore because it's yeah. exhausting because all I do is run around like a maniac. Like, I feel like I'm working. And well, it's you just are not, working. Yeah. It's not at least fun. the ones we've been to. Yeah. It's not that much fun. <laughs> I'm just like waiting to get to the point in my life where I like pay people to work at parties I throw at my house.
2: So this is a good segue yeah. into the next, um, the next topic. So we, we pulled uh, an article about the secrets of caterers. And we're, <laughs> we're looking through some of these. And uh, one, of the, one of the comments, posts, or whatever in here, um, it says uh, one of the secrets is caterers are probably type A personalities. <laughs> well, would you agree with that assessment?
1: I think everyone listening already
2: knows. <laughs> um,
3: but we're going to give her the
2: opportunity to come clean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that the people who are very close to me know that I'm type A and oftentimes make people cry because I just tell them the truth. <laughs> <laughs> My wife likes to call it Particular. She's particular. Oh, okay. That's like her southern kind way of being like, "You are an asshole."
2: <laughs> so you're the Gordon Ramsay of your of your of kitchen. my household. Yeah, of your no, household. No, no. I was just saying of your
0: um, kitchen. You know, honestly, I think no. I'm a pretty good employer. No, I know. Like, I'm. I think I have a lot of kindness and compassion for everyone. And you know, you'll find me doing dishes just like everybody else. Like, you'll find me scrubbing the bathroom just like everyone else. I'm definitely have the motto of like. If I'm not willing to do it, how can I expect others to do it, right? But Servant leadership? But, I mean, there is, you have to have a bit of craziness about you. As Chef Peter that I used to work with at Cook Street said, everybody in this industry is touched. And I never understood that until one day I said, what does that mean, touched? And he went like this and wheeled his index finger around his ear as if we're all fucking nuts. <laughs> and he's right like you do have to be a little nuts to be in this industry and there's so many moving parts and components to every single event that you do have to take on I mean I had my best friend Tommy a few weeks ago that I used to be fun and I'm not fun anymore it really broke my heart because I used to cherish myself as a very fun human being but you know owning a small business I think
2: that's what does it is owning a small business yeah. it does it like, Sucks it's a fun sucker Yeah, like <laughs> think about
1: yeah. it all the time and, yeah. Yeah. All the, and you just kind of stop
0: yeah, yeah. fun like, becomes passion I guess or yeah. craziness well yeah which I mean even when you <laughs> craziness go craziness is kind of and passion. you have to be
3: yeah.
1: like you have to thrive on chaos if you want yeah. to be a caterer or a chef or mm-hmm. you know you have other so, a lot of people will, will shut down in chaos but you you know so
0: well it has to be of course managed chaos you know like you still you, there's so much that has to be like extraordinarily organized
1: yeah but, but so many moving parts all the time there
0: is and i think we talked about this is like you have to be prepared for something to go wrong at any given moment like you have to be the ultimate Girl Scout when something fails and like everyone's freaking out. You're like, give me that rope. I know how to tie twenty fifty 20, knot. like, <laughs> knots or whatever. Like I can, you know, you do have to sort of have this M- MacGyver mentality. You know, we yeah. all grew up on MacGyver yeah. where you like have, you know, how are you going to save the world? You have a stick of gum, you know, a paper clip and, you know. A t-shirt roasting string <laughs> or whatever yeah and you have to and garbage bags right? yeah and, and garbage garbage bags. Tons, tons of gar- tons of garbage, of garbage bags. Bags. hopefully not if your event goes well but right. <laughs> um yeah you, you definitely have to like I don't I want to believe that I don't thrive on chaos I don't really particularly care for it but I do thrive on the fact that like every day I don't do the same thing you know, yeah, yeah. like it's Friday, it's in the middle of the afternoon. I'm with like good buddies and hanging out and talking on a podcast. Right. And right. so I love that. But on the same so I say a lot, point, gosh,
1: I wish I could do just the same thing once
2: for my life. You know, <laughs> we, we were having this conversation the other yeah. day. It is so different every single day. And you wake up with a plan, and you, I don't even know why you do plans very much with what we do. Yeah. Because we wake up, and yeah. it's like, okay, I guess this is a list of things that aren't going to happen today. <laughs>
3: right. Because
2: you walk out the door, <laughs> and it's like, oh, there was a windstorm last night. Or <laughs> you never know what... The, you, you
0: have an idea yeah. of the
2: topic, but not of the actual plan.
0: Well, and I think you have to learn... And something I've had to learn is that you have to gauge your success differently than others. You have to learn not to beat yourself down, really. Yeah, And And not damage your own self-esteem. My wife tells me this all the time. Like, you know, we've already sold just as much as we did last year in the month of June this year. You know, there's all these mile markers. And I oftentimes am not a person that is good at celebrating those right because to me it's like well what you accomplished yesterday is yesterday and today is tomorrow yeah and so there's always i feel like it's almost unrealistic sometimes that list is unrealistic Mm -hmm. we're all a bit unrealistic because and then you have to like remember like you you know you guys have a child i don't have one i can barely like keep myself alive really but it's like (laughs) you also have to remember your freaking person you know, yeah. you're a person that deserves to spend time and drink beers with your buddies and spend time with your spouse in like a romantic way. I'm sure you guys constantly talk about business, but, you know, you are also real, but that it never ends. It's like the right. last thing you think about before you go to bed and the first thing you think about when you get up.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yes.
2: And every moment in between.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and whether or not the kid's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, so I'm going to the next one. Offsite work can be a big challenge. Would you agree with that statement? What is offsite? But all work? your work is
0: offsite. <laughs> well, other than the art gallery next door to us, Platform. Sure. And those events are incredible. There's literally a door between us, and we right. open it up, and we're like, God! At the end of the night, I'm like, God, this is so easy. That was so easy. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, like, right now I'm doing a bid for a wedding that's, like, in the mountains. It's three hours away, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know, never worked at this venue. I called, and I figured out what their deal is. It's very minimal. So it's like, okay, do we need to rent a grill? Like, how do we build a hand sink? Like, how, you know, it's insane the level of things you have to think about.
1: Ice and coolers and...
0: Yeah, how are you going to keep your products... From not spoiling, how are you not going to give, like, you know, 100 people food poisoning? You know, is the grill you rented from the rental company really going (laughs) to work? You know, uh, how, you know, how is everybody going to drive three hours away? You know, what does that look like? Are we going to have to spend the night, like, the night before and just be there early? So there's just, like, a ton. dishes. Yeah, like, like, the rentals, like how much does that that. cost for delivery if everything doesn't show up correctly on the rentals like they're three hours away like how do you recover from that you know yeah it's and it's brutal it's like I always tell everybody my job is literally like the divide of being a hoarder and a Sherpa (laughs) (laughs) like I own more crap than I ever wanted to. Like, I can't even be a minimalist now. And because you might need it again. Like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then everywhere I go, like, I am just like bringing everything a truckload of stuff with me. And it's super annoying. It's like so oh, you can God. be prepared for any yeah, and you have to be thing prepared to go wrong
1: for wrong. So you're more worst. like a
2: survivalist than a minimalist. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I
1: think so. Yeah. And, Like another thing I learned about caterers just from the wedding we had out here and talking to you, is that the caterers usually set up the tables and chairs at a reception. Yeah, and then also like clean the bathrooms and like. Maintain mm-hmm. the bathrooms through the event like there's all these things that you do that you don't even that people don't even think don't about don't even know
0: yeah it's it's not uncommon for venues to require the catering company to like i wouldn't say like scrub the toilets at the end of the night but you need to make sure like the white the sinks are wiped down and like there's not trash all over the floor and that actually drives me crazy but
1: it's crazy i'm to like me.
0: you are charging five grand for, the for Euro events you clean it yeah you know whatever <laughs> I mean you do what you have to do I mean there, yeah there's so many so much liability and um and things people just like don't think about like right. even like dishes right so people will be like um so you just like have like Four hundred plates silverware glasses like no no a rent, no r- caterers rarely have that like that's totally separate that's like a rental order
2: but you have somebody you work with yeah of course of themselves. course
0: but you know everyone's like why is catering so expensive and it's like well you want plenty of booze and you know beer and wine for 150 people that's a thousand dollars your rentals are a thousand dollars you know it just, it, the list goes on and on. And then by the time, you know, let's say I'm organizing a wedding for 2019, by the time we even show up to the venue, hundreds of hours are put into that. And just like coordination, you know, talking to the client or different vendors, organizing your own staff, blah, blah, blah.
2: Do you ever have events where you, uh where the people are just like, you know what, I'm just bringing some red solo cups and some. Fork, plastic forks and paper plates.
0: Yeah, I love those people. <laughs>
2: so talk about fluctu- fluctuating food prices. Hmm. Does that, do you notice that a lot or is it different? Is it seasonal or is it just? Yeah,
1: how do you quote a wedding in a year and a half?
0: Well, in my contract, it there is a line item that says, you know, if there's an item on your menu that fluctuates in like, greater than a certain percentage, yeah. then you will okay. be charged for that. I mean...
2: Like if they want lobster, it's going to change from season price. to season. Yeah, yeah I price.
0: mean, <laughs> yeah. So you just sort of do your best to like gauge that. And if it... I mean, like the lime crisis we had a few years ago was quite hilarious. Like the cartel was stealing <laughs> limes in Mexico and then they were like... Wait, you what?
3: You don't... Okay, so
0: a few years ago... Limes were like $4 a lime or something. (laughs) It was crazy because there was some sort of fungus that attacked the lime groves. And then it became, you know, public knowledge that limes were really expensive because they were, you know, a little bit scarce at the time. So the Mexican cartel was literally, you know hijacking lime Lime. transportation and then they would resell it on like a black market or something so limes were like and it was like a summer or a few months or something um, where limes were ridiculously expensive but I mean yeah I mean you do your best to like quote and be fair with your clients but you know you can't as a business owner take on that cost I mean it has to go back to the client yeah yeah yeah, I mean we see that sometimes with um, when fuel prices raise, we'll see that food costs also raise. So we just well, let's all hope for the best,
2: right? So, so the last uh, the last comment on this on this page that I'm looking at it says, uh, caterers love the art of food and service. Would you agree with that assessment?
0: Love the art of it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean...
1: Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier, probably, yeah. is like this...
0: Well, it was a softball. This I mean, organized...
2: It was a softball, crushed uh, out of the park, Michelle, come on.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there is artistry <laughs> to it. You know, if if you were like, oh, I'm going to come over for dinner, and I was like, well, we're going to have a watermelon arugula salad, and I like, you know, threw the arugula on the table and like chopped, you know, the watermelon in three massive chunks, and I was like, here you go. <laughs> It would be awfully confusing, you know. I mean, there is. You know, we had an
2: event where the caterer did that once. What? No. The up. caterer brought. Uh,
1: it was it was someone's event that was held event. here at it the wasn't our event The, the cater failed.
2: It was a massive fail, <laughs> and so the cater didn't bring. It was a farm to table for. I, I don't even remember what, but anyway, something the cater just disappeared. Nobody could find the caterer. It was two hours into the event. Everybody was pretty hammered and there was no food. And somebody showed up from the caterer and just had like a box of unwashed heads of lettuce, <laughs> of uh, probably a 10 pound thing of meat uncut. And was like, here you go.
1: Yeah, it was A- bad. And the people
2: were just kind of like, uh, and we had to make
1: sure if- that everyone knew that we this was not our event. Yeah, we it was, did not it had, hire the caterer, yeah. and it was bad.
0: <sighs> that is absolutely horrific. It was horrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, people eat with their eyes first, right? And that's like one thing we really strive to do is use like usage of color. Like, even if we're just doing simple roasted potatoes, we always use like tri colored potatoes. Okay. Because people want. You, you have more success when there's a lot of color involved. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely an artistry to that. Service, there's, you know, if you're going into fine dining and high-end serv- like serving, which I've been in in my life, that is a skill that I don't think many large catering companies really facilitate because there's too many people. You know, fine dining truly should be like intimate because of the level of that skill that goes into it, in my opinion. That makes sense.
2: I think one of the coolest things, whenever I go to a big event, and I'm sure this is one of the easier things to do, but it, it makes the presentation is always beautiful. Is when whether it's chocolate or balsamic and when it has that that great drizzle over it, I'm like, oh, that looks beautiful. You know, yeah, yeah. I think that that's something that if I were a caterer, I would employ that at least with one item for All every your items. single thing. You're like that Nate, that's a
0: pork chop. What are you doing? Drizzle it. Just make
2: it look somewhat symmetrical or something like that. Yeah, More artistic.
0: Yeah, the drizzle. The drizzle. It's got an impact. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. That's the probably a good name drizzle. of a
2: uh, of a, of another catering company the drizzle snoop dogs okay so um is there any any items you want to you want to tell us about that we haven't touched on today anything that yeah. you you know is burning on the top of your brain that you want to share with us burning burning, burning desire,
0: desire. Um well, we've had some really great um, successes this year. We just recently became the premier cater, one of the premier caters from for the Clifford Still Museum, That's which awesome. is a huge honor. Um, if you've not been there, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, there's a lot of liability. It makes me a little stressed, but we'll do fine. Yeah. And then um, we uh, in June, we were highlighted in the Denver Business Journal which was also a huge honor
2: that's awesome nice. yeah it congrats was. yeah
0: yeah and then as i mentioned we just did the sushi den event and then we are doing another event with kuvo um i'm gonna live at the vineyards is what it's called it's on august 11th uh it's you you can buy a ticket at kuvo.org and then basically buy your ticket and it's bunch of chefs that are also going to be involved and so you can drink and eat and then the spanish harlem orchestra will be playing that night so oh, lots of great. dancing going on so definitely buy your tickets for that we're pretty thrilled to be involved
2: i don't know will people get to Contact meet you if me. they come there
0: yeah yeah okay. Yeah, I'll probably be like going nuts, like cooking food, and be like, "Hey, hi." <laughs> it's hard to fake the funk sometimes, like when you're in the grind, and yeah. like people are like Michelle, and you're like, hi. "I love you." Yeah, give me like one hour, and I'll come find you. We've, you know? we've
2: been on the other end of that. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
0: But I feel. We get it. I feel rude yeah. sometimes because everybody because you're it. like, "Hi, I love you." Like. Thank you for coming. I'm bolting because I gotta go. I've okay. got 40
2: salads. I gotta go drizzle. Right,
0: <laughs> drizzle's calling. Um, yeah, so that's going on. We're growing rapidly, which is good and nerve-wracking. So there's some things in the mix right now that I can't necessarily announce, but I'm excited to probably get some really good partners on to help carry the load of. This has been a huge year for you. It has been. I mean, wow. It's been a great year.
2: And it's only (gasps) (laughs) July-ish.
0: I've only survived half this year thus far. You're right in
2: the thick of like wedding season and all
0: that, too. I don't love weddings. I will do them. But I don't okay. love them. Okay. I mean, we have really have been like doing a lot of like high end sort of cocktail parties. We just did one in the apartment building that's attached to the art museum. Not going to mention names, but we're really become a lot more engrossed with like art galleries as of late. Uh, we are in the midst of talking to Block Distillery. Everyone should check out this new company in the Rhino District. I believe they're on Larimer and 29th. They produce vodka and gin, and they will be producing whiskey. Uh, great people, really good product, sexy bottles, really amazing tasting room. But we are in the midst of talking with them about doing an event with the Denver Orchestra, so we'll see. You know, these are things that are. God, that'd be that great. Would be it amazing. would be fun, yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's the beauty of catering as As I've probably mentioned 50 times, it's not romantic. It's oftentimes not romantic, you know. But when it is, you get to take a step back and, like, pause and, like, check out the scene, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it can be fun. So, yeah, exciting stuff. Um, We've been super blessed to be put in front of the right faces and the right arenas and put in the hard work and the time to get where we are. But I always say, you know, keep working hard and stay humble.
2: and you just so you just took my last question. That's brilliant. My last question is: if you could, if you could share some message with the world, what would it be?
0: I tell people this in interviews all the time. Like, oh, um, like accolades are fine, right? They are. But as I mentioned before, yesterday is yesterday, and today is tomorrow. So. I celebrate those accolades but there's a real reality to owning a small business and I tell people all the time they're like if you could give advice work hard stay humble and stay open like open to new possibilities you know because you never know like sometimes you meet people and you're like who is this person? God. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. and <laughs> All the time. Because people really want to help you right? right? They do. And sometimes you have to like I've learned to just be like, okay, who is this person? What are they about? Like, I need to learn more about them. Because you never know if they're going to be like the next key to open a door for you.
2: Right. Right? Mm
0: -hmm. And so just be open. Open to possibilities and stay humble and work hard. I love it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love it. Okay. So. That's great. If people want to find, get in touch with you because they want you to come and do their event... How do they What's your
1: website? What's your social
0: Come to Spontino for happy hour? You can find me there from five to seven. Just kidding. Uh, no, you can um, our website is Heirloom Catering Colorado. The word Colorado is spelt My email is the same. It's like the longest email on the planet. Wow. <laughs> Heirloom Catering Colorado at Gmail. And we're on Facebook as well, Heirloom Catering and I, if you just punch in Colorado you can find us. Our logo is a watercolor beat, so that's how you know it's us. It's a beautiful logo. It is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Lucky to have that.
2: Nice. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you. This is this has been this has been awesome today.
0: It has. Yeah. Well, you know, I take love two. hanging Second out. Time with take you Take you even better. Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: So And you can go ahead
1: find out more you can go to edibleeconomy.com and read the show notes and find all the stuff that michelle talked about and you can also like our facebook page edible economy and our instagram page and don't forget to subscribe and rate us
2: that's right that's right thank you for tuning in today again we know there's lots of other things and lots of different things you can do with your time we really appreciate you sharing your time with us today And as Kimberly said, like, rate, subscribe, all those good things. Do it it now. And comment. Yeah. And And do it it now. What are you waiting for? So, thank you. Have a fantastic day. Thanks, uh,
1: Truth and Legend Production. Thanks, Kate. Kate.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Kate.